Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. I want to talk about making your calling and election sure. At the end of our passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, we've seen how Peter has given us a roadmap. He says, if you add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, and various other things, he says at the end of that, that we will have an abundant entrance into heaven. And I just want to read to you what he says in verse 10. He says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to focus on this little phrase, make your call and election sure, because it is a controversial phrase and it can lead us to all sorts of questions and perhaps misunderstandings. What does it mean by make your call and election sure? What is your call and election? He's talking about God calling you because again and again in the Bible, we're told that God called us. We didn't find God, he found us and he called us and drew us and wooed us into relationship with him. So 2 Peter 1 verse three says, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And there are many other verses that talk about God calling us. But then the second word election is slightly more controversial because it means chose us, chose us, elected us, chose us. Um, And the inference is that if God chose me, he chose somebody else not to go to heaven. And this is where the confusion and the mistakes happen. Let me read you a verse. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And so the mistake, I believe, that people have made, and it's an understandable mistake, but the, the reason we make the mistake is because we don't know the power of God or the scriptures. Just like Jesus said when he was challenged about things, he says, you are in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. It's the same with us. When we make an error of doctrine and belief, which is very important, it leads to a whole lot of other issues in our lives. But when we make an error, it's because we don't know the scriptures fully or we don't know the power of God fully. And let me just say, I respect many, many people who hold different views on this, but I believe I'm going to be able to show you what God's word really says. And it's extremely helpful for us on this. So why am I saying all this? Because he says, make your call and election sure. And the error that many, many Christians have proposed and fallen into is that God chose. He called and he chose some people and they were going to get to heaven no matter what because he chose them. He made them Christians. He called them. They had no real input or choice in the matter. And he makes sure that they get to heaven. They are the chosen ones. But even more disturbing Those people then logically conclude that if God chose some people to go to heaven, he chose some people to go to hell. And I want to show you today that that is not the case. 
So, um, let me read you another verse. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says, We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning, and that little phrase, from the beginning or from the foundation of the world, uh, from eternity, it comes up again and again when we're talking about election, calling, choosing, that it somehow comes from a place outside of our time and space. It says, from the beginning, God chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me just be clear. Some people say, quite understandably, that if God chose me, then um, he chose others not to go to heaven and they also go a further step and they say, if God chose you, you are going to get to heaven no matter what, because God's will is always done. And if he wants you saved, you will get saved. You can't fight it. Uh, it's irresistible. And he will make sure that you get to heaven. And I want to show you that I don't believe that's true. My first point is that uh, there is a difference between time and eternity. So 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. And I'd like you to just make note of that word purpose, which also is sometimes said as counsel. So God called us according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began or from the foundation of the world or from the beginning and that little phrase in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 it says God called us according to his purpose from before time began that little phrase before time began is a phrase in the Greek that different Bible translations struggle to translate uh, they translate it in many different ways um, and it's three Greek words pro Chronos Ionios. Pro, Chronos Ionios. Now, pro means before or above. It means outside of, before or above. Pro, before, and here it's translated before time became. Chronos is the word time, where we get our word chronology or chronometer from, and it's almost always translated time. So before time, pro, Chronos. But then the third word translated in my version began before time began. That is actually the word Ionios, which is always translated eternity, eternity. And in the Greek dictionary that I have, the definition of Ionios says without beginning and end that which always has been and always will be. So if we were to translate those three words accurately, we would say before or above time eternity. God chose us. He called us. And it was according to his purpose before or above time eternity. Now, this version says before time began. Um, I believe that they've left out that word eternity in error because it's always translated eternity in the Bible. Um, it means everlasting. And when we think of eternity, we think of just a very long time. But actually in the Bible, when God speaks of eternity, he's speaking of a realm where there is no time. 
He calls himself, I am. I am who I am. Not I will be, not I was. He's in the eternal present. There is no time. In Isaiah 46, verse 10, he says, I see the end from the beginning and my purpose and my counsel will stand. I will do all that I please. There's this idea of God being in eternity outside of time. And so rather than thinking of time like a line, we sometimes think of time like a line. We think there was eternity before and then there was the beginning of the world. And then there was time and then time came to an end and then eternity carried on forever. So we just think of eternity as a long time before and a long time after this time that we have on earth. But actually the Bible shows that eternity is a realm outside of time. That our time and space world, the physical matter and our time, was created from another realm called eternity where there is no time where time is not one of the dimensions or the factors. It's just timeless. It's the eternal present. And so it's all around. Eternity is all around time. Rather than thinking of eternity as a long line before and after, we should think of this as time. And eternity is everything all around it. And that's why God can say, I see the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He can look all around time. And that's why, and I'm going <laughs> to, blow your mind a little bit now. That's why the Bible says there is a judgment day. There is one day called judgment day at the end of time. It is the last day of time. If you were to click off all the days of time, the very last day would be called judgment day, where every single human being who has ever lived comes before God, before a great white throne, and Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, and there is a judgment and every single person's deeds and life are judged. Everyone who has ever lived is present on judgment day at the end of time. So this is time. You may have lived and died here or here or here. We all, all of us, including those from the beginning and those right from the end, we will all appear, it says in the Bible, at judgment day before Jesus. Let me just give you a few verse references here. Acts 17.31 says there is a day called Judgment Day. Uh, Matthew 25.32 says everyone will be present. Revelation 20 verse 11 to 15 says that everyone is present on Judgment Day. So time, 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 time. You may have died there, but Judgment Day is there. And we know from the book of Hebrews that it is appointed for man once to die, then to face judgment, and then we're into eternity either with God or apart from God. But now let me blow your mind. Some of the people who are only judged here, only on the last day of time do they know whether they're going to um, heaven or hell. But here where you and I live, we're told in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We're told in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 and 15 that the family of God, some of them are in heaven and some of them are in earth. So even though we have to wait for the last day of time to know whether we go into eternity, some of these people who've gone into heaven are here now watching us. They're a great cloud of witnesses. How is that possible? Because eternity is not a long time after time. Eternity is all around us. Eternity is a different realm looking in to time, seeing the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. There are many other verses I could show you about this. 
Um, one example is that Jesus was born and lived as a normal human, but then he died at the end of his life. On this timeline, he died and he was crucified and he left and he went into eternity. But the Bible says he was slain from the foundation of the world because eternity is all around. And so the foundation, the beginning of time is coming out of eternity. And so he left this earth slain and now he is in eternity slain. When John sees him in heaven in Revelation, he says, I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain. And so the, the application of this is when do you get saved? When do you get saved? We said that God chose us from before the foundation of the world. But please just stay with me now. Look at these verses. John 5 verse 24. Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Jesus said, when you hear and when you believe, you pass from death into life. You pass into everlasting life. Another way of saying that is your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. John 20 verse 31, it says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Until you believe you are not part of God's family. You're not part of his kingdom. Your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. You have a choice until the day you believe. These verses clearly say that in the timeline of this world, there is a day when you believe and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And yet, Revelation 17 says that um, people's names were written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. What is that saying? Why does it say from the foundation of the world, my name was written in the book of life? Why does it say that God chose me according to his purpose before time began? Instead of thinking linearly as if there was a time before time and God wrote my name there, instead of thinking linearly and thinking that uh, God chose me before he even made the world, what about saying pro chronos ionios, outside of time in eternity, it's saying that when you believe your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, but then when you die, you go out of time into eternity. And that's why in this outside realm called eternity, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And for us who live on earth, it looks like it was from before time began, but it's actually in this outside realm. Now, why am I saying all this? Because he says, make your calling and election sure. What he's saying is that if you live your life according to the steps in 2 Peter chapter 1, you add to your faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love, then you will persevere to the end. You will have lived your life. You will leave this timeline and your name will have been written in the Lamb's book of life. And he will have called you and chosen you from eternity, from before the world began. And you can make your call and election sure. Now, why is this important? Because, friends, if your call and election is sure, what happens is eternity breaks into your life. And God says, I'm going to make sure 
that you are looked after, that all things work together for good for you, that you are protected, that you are justified, that you are saved. Let me read to you Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And I said, make note of that word purpose or counsel. Basically, that's a Greek word that says something God has decided from eternity that will happen. And it doesn't depend on uh, things happening in this world. God's choice, uh, his sovereign um, decided will. If you are called according to his purpose, and how do we know if we're called according to his purpose? Because we've lived our lives, we've persevered, we've stayed with him and we've died and gone to heaven. But then in this eternal realm, he says, now you are called according to my purpose and I'm going to uh, make sure that you, that you are looked after. He says, all things will work together for good for you. Uh, verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Foreknew means in this outside realm called eternity, he knows that you've chosen him, lived for him, served him till the end and died. And so he foreknows and he predestines, he chooses um, to work on your behalf. Predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. It's saying, look outside of time and you see the whole process from God's point of view has already happened. Even though I'm still in the timeline, from God's point of view, you've been called, justified, sanctified, glorified. You are a finished product. And that's why he's working on your behalf, because you stayed to the end of the course. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Suddenly we have the power of eternity breaking into time and working things out for our good. And that's why he says in 2 Peter 1, make your call and election sure. Decide you're going to stick with it to the end. Add these things to your faith, including perseverance, including self-control. Um, stay the course. Keep going right to the end. Decide you're never going to give up because then what happens is the power of eternity, God's purpose, his pre-decided will breaks in. And he says, right from the start of your life, it's going to look like I was choosing you out of a group of people. But because of this weird difference between time and eternity, you chose me, but I chose you. Another way of saying it is from our perspective, the door looks like it says, choose God. But from the other side of the door in eternity's perspective, God says, you're already one of mine. And so from the beginning of your life, it looks like I chose you. I don't know if this is making sense to you, but um, I want to say there are there are many, many verses about this. There, there is these two Greek concepts called God's purpose or his decided predetermined will and then his desire will, his wants and his wishes. And they're, they're different Greek words. The, the Greek word thelema or thelo means what God wants, what he desires, what he hopes. He says, God doesn't want any of these little children to be lost. God says um, it's not his desire that any should be lost, but that all should be saved. That's his want, his desire, his thelema will. 
But then there's this boule or bulema uh, will, which is his decided will, his purpose, his counsel, which he says, my purpose will stand. Um, I'm breaking through from eternity and I'm going to make sure it happens. And when I use my will, my desire to choose God, he uses his will from eternity. And he says, now you're part of my purpose and I'm going to make sure all things work together for good. I'm going to call you, justify you, glorify you. It's as if you are already in heaven right from the start of your life. All things are working together for good. But I can make that calling and election sure. Let's go back to 2 Peter 1 and just read what it says in the light of these truths. He says, add to your faith all of these things. And then he says, uh, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you keep going with the Lord, if you add to your faith all these things, you will never stumble. And entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you don't do these things, if for whatever reason you do stumble, you, you are a Christian who never adds virtue and knowledge and self-control and all these different things to your Christianity, then there is a chance that you will stumble. And even though you had responded to God's call, at the end of your life, you have lost out. And so your call and election wasn't sure. And he says there is something you can do to make your call and election sure. Be diligent, he says, to make your call and election sure. It's not a formality. Your choice plays a part in this. And yet, when you have lived your life and died and gone out of the timeline into the realm of timelessness, suddenly now God says, now I'm working on your behalf. All things are working together for good because you're called according to my purpose. You are chosen and you look and you say, it looks like I've been chosen and someone's not been chosen. But God says, no, I died for the sins of the whole world. I want all men to be saved. I've called and drawn everyone. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. But those who stay with me to the end, it looks on this world as if they were chosen because God was working on their behalf. He was, he was doing amazing things to make sure that they stayed with him, that they were protected. So what do we do with this? We don't go too far into the human choice side of things where we think it's all up to us. But we also don't go too far into God's um, side of things where we say, I've got no choice. We say, God, you are working. You have chosen me. You called me. It wasn't my goodness. But if I stay with you, you will make sure that I see it through to the end. And friends, I want to say a complete Christian is someone who gets that balance right. Will you get the balance right? Will you say, God, I thank you for what you've already put in me, but I'm going to do my part to work it through to the end. And I'm going to rest knowing that if I stay the course, then you are working powerfully on my behalf. If God is for us, who can be against us? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.